Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Tyler, thank you, man. Thanks so much. I hope, um, you know, again, uh, there's a reason that we do communion every week, right? And one of those, one of the primary reasons is, um, wow, you know, as we sing songs and as we come back and adjust our hearts and our minds to the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, I mean, there's an idea of just our hearts hopefully being softened. Right? Is this idea of going, hold on, I remember why I'm here. I remember what this is about. It isn't about just a club. It's not about being just a bunch of good people. It's not about any of, any of that, right? It's, it really centers us down, and, and, and nothing will bring us into a more humble state than like being at the foot of the cross. And so hopefully, so a couple of things, though, you know, it's, it's perfectly okay as well. If you feel like, man, I, I can talk to people around me. You can talk during communion. It's okay to do that, all right? Some of you might go, I just need some silent. I just need some quiet time to pray, and that's okay too, all right? Um, but anyway, um, just you may hear people talking around you and going, golly, they are so disrespectful, <laughs> right? Go, no, 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 there's not a rule for that, okay? Uh, if you need to be silent, just pray. That's okay. And, and you may just say, hey, come on, sit over here because I need to talk about this. Right. And that's okay too. Uh, Let's take a minute here and again, continue to get ourselves to a place um, where we really are hearing God's word. And I hope from the songs to the communion to what we're about to read, I hope we're just getting there, that we're gradually getting to that place where we really are hearing God's word. Okay. And so this is one of those things we got to do on our own and we do it each week. And again, my hope is, is that this is just what we normally do, that we're constantly in prayer about God. Let me hear your word right now. You know, not not Keith's, right? Not not a church, whatever tradition or anything like that, but just just squarely your word so that we can conform ourselves to it. So let's take a second right there. Just take a deep breath. Go ahead and pray. You have a conversation with Jesus um, and then we will continue. Father, thanks that uh, you bring us together. We, we, we do ask that you soften our heart, help us to hear your words. Uh, we know that there's all kinds of stuff going on in the world and in our minds and our families and households. And Father, I pray that you just help us to take a deep breath, help us to, to listen to uh, what you are telling us. Thank you that you haven't forgot about any of us. Thank you that you haven't written off any of us. Thank you for that. Um, And I pray that we hear your word, that we hear your gospel. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. 
Okay, we are just trucking along, right? I mean, we are in, uh, in March. I mean, the year is just like cruising along here. I think spring break's coming up in like a week. I mean, this is, the weather's getting warmer. I mean, this is really nice, right? I didn't realize how much I missed vitamin D until like Thursday and I was just like soaking it up, man. I mean, my skin didn't care that it was like burning, you know, to the depths of the dermis, but, uh, but, but the, <laughs> that's just scientific right there, okay? But it's like, I just needed vitamin D, okay? And that was good. Uh, hopefully, your, your heart and your mind and your, you've been thinking, this is the year of renewal, all right, because we all need it. We all need some refreshment. We all need, we all need there's something uh, that needs to be kind of brought up or, or revived or something like that spiritually. And I hope your eyes are on that. I hope you're, you know, we have these cards that we set out and you can write it down because we really want you to have it right in front of you. What is that thing that you're thinking, man, I need my faith renewed this year. I need my zeal. I need my passion. I need whatever it is. And, and having it right in front of us, and there's two reasons for that. One is uh, to see the amazing things that God will do. And the second thing is, is to show us that how many times God gives us more than we ask or imagine. And to be able to look at that and go, I didn't even know I needed to be renewed in this other area. And you're just going to be seeing it. So that's what we're doing here. We're talking about renewal this year. We're going to dig into this book that is really, I mean, this is just me talking. It's not the book I generally go to for just easy reading, okay? This just isn't it, okay? This, I know some people love it, and it's incredible. I've got like a chapter or two that I really love, and other than that, I'm like, I, this is hard for me. I'm, I'm not a Jewish guy. It's tough to navigate, and then I decided a couple weeks ago, I've got to dig into this, all right? I have to get into this little book right here. And, and what is it saying and what is it saying to us today? And it's amazing because there is so much in this little, like I said, this little book that we're going to be reading from here um, that is about renewal, that is about freedom, that is about so many things, right? And so this is what we're going to be talking about. You know, this is what's helpful. I, you guys know this. Maps help me, right? And, and here's the reason. It's not because I like necessarily just maps in general but when I look at this part of the world when I think of the first century when I think of Christianity being spread around these different places I start remembering these are my people and and these are your people all right we sometimes we're disconnected we're like oh no they were the first century Christians No, no no yeah our brothers and sisters like risking their life all right, these aren't just stories, you know, in, in your family, if we were to put a map up here of you, the neighborhood you grew up in or the city you grew up in, there would be memories from that. There would be things like, oh, I love that. Do you remember this? And we've got to make the history of Christianity our history as well. And remembering, man, we get to read about our brothers and sisters. And, and you want to know what? I hope we read some things and we're proud of them. And I hope we read some things and we're learning from them. All right. But this is just really important because, you know, you look at this and th- this whole area right here, you're going, but Keith, Asia's not right there. OK, well, early on it was. OK, that's what they called this. This is Turkey today. This is the country of Turkey. There's Greece right in here. We have Israel today. Down here is North Africa. 
Um, but Galatia is right here, okay? So this is where this letter was written to. Okay, so it's important if we're going to read something, isn't it important to know something about like who is it written to, right? And you look at the book of Galatians and you're going, oh, it's the church. No, it's a group of churches in a region. It's more than just one church that's being written to, all right? And it's all like this region right here. You can look in Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 14, and you actually can read about how these churches started, okay? And so, once again, I'm just going to share with you guys, the book of Acts is kind of like the hub of the New Testament that everything is just kind of shooting off of. So, as we read the book of Galatians, this letter, this letter was written after the churches were planted. So, it's helpful to go back and read what was going on in Galatia. What was it like when Paul and Silas, what was it like when they were going through here? What kind of challenges did they face, all right? And, and you may go, man, Keith, I'm just not into that. I, let me tell you something. This is what brings the Bible to life. When we start going, oh, this is real people in real places at real times, right? I, I think sometimes we even get really amazed, like there's a series out that some of you guys have watched called The Chosen, and we love it because we're like, man, that's like real people, because it's real. I mean, not, not to chose. <laughs> okay. But, but sometimes we're surprised to know that, oh, you mean these people actually existed? And they actually did this for real? Okay. We're going, absolutely. And here's what ends up happening. If we're not careful, we forget that the Bible is talking to us with authority. Okay. Because if I distance myself, even from a standpoint of connection, then it's very easy for me to read something and go, oh, that's a great suggestion or a great idea or a great principle. Instead of going, hold on a minute, I'm in their family. Like this is written to me today. Like the authority that, that was coming down on them was coming to us as well, right? And so what was going on in Galatia? There's, some, there's a whole lot going on, you know? You had some guys coming through the churches and they were confusing people. They were teaching things. They were kind of stirring up trouble. There was confusion regarding the Mosaic law. So I, there's a couple words I'm going to just share in case you're going, you know, what does that even mean? So when you see Mosaic, just think Moses. Okay, Moses was given a law on Mount Sinai. And that law was more than the Ten Commandments. Okay, that's something really important to keep in mind. Because a lot of times we just think law and Ten Commandments. It's like, no, actually he was up there for 40 days getting the law. And we read the law in Exodus and Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Um, but the Christians in Galatia, they were being confused by these folks who were Jewish that were coming around and teaching from the Mosaic law. Like, you have to follow this as well. And the primary question was, are Christian non-Jews required to follow the law of Moses as well? Okay. And so, again, you're going, that's just like white noise, just... You're talking right over my head. I don't know what that means. To them at that time, it meant a lot. All right, to them at that time, what we need to sit in and what we need to like hear is that these churches were really confused. All right, that they really were kind of like, hold on a minute. We became disciples and we heard Paul's teachings and we got them. But now these other guys are coming in and they're saying something about being Jewish and we're kind of stuck here. Okay. And so that's what gets us to this, okay? And it's very easy 
to get caught up in all of these, particularly the issue of circumcision. You read that a lot in the book of Galatians. Right? But the primary, the primary idea, the primary message of Galatians concerns the topic of gospel. And what that word is right now, and I get it, that word is white noise, man. That word is static in a church. That word is Christianese. That word is, yeah, gospel, got it, move on, let's go. All right? And we're going to see to the Galatian churches, I think, a connection that we have. That you want to know what a misunderstanding of this is just, it just creates lifelessness, death. It creates enslavement, okay? And so again, I'm going to have you just pump the brakes. If you're going, no, I've heard that word my whole life. I'm going to say pump the brakes just a little bit and open up and start thinking about what are we hearing that the Galatian churches were being taught that we ourselves can be taught. And it starts out here right in chapter one. We we are going to be reading chapter one, but this is where it begins. Paul writes, I'm amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to change the good news about the Messiah. All right. Can can you imagine hearing that? Can can you imagine being in a place and Paul going in? I'm amazed that you've turned already. I'm amazed that you knew the gospel and now you're following something else or being tempted to follow something else. And it's very easy, again, for us to go, yeah, if that was them, that would never happen to us. Because why, though, I wonder? Is, are we superior today? Are, are we smarter? Were these guys just like, man, they didn't get it. We get it. Probably not, okay? But this is how it starts. Paul begins with this idea of we've got to get on the same page about gospel. Got to be on the same page about this here. This was the Galatian false gospel. This is what he was talking about here, okay? That Gentiles had to be circumcised, all right? If they were going to be justified in Christ, again, here's another one of those words, justified, right? What does that mean? It just means that you're made right in the sight of God, okay? Like your sins are washed away. You get the Holy Spirit. And these teachers were saying, well, no, before that can happen, you have to be circumcised, Okay, and then in the first four chapters, what Paul does is he explains to the Galatians the purpose of the law. And he says, hey, man, the Mosaic law was great, but it was just a guardian for the people. It didn't do anything wrong, but it had a time period. It had a a shelf life to it. Paul talked about its limitations and its inadequacies. So this is the first four chapters of Galatians. So if you're reading through it, and you're going, oh, my goodness, there are words and people and they can be very confusing. Understand that as Paul is speaking, he's trying to untangle this and he's saying, hey, the law was good. But but the law was completely fulfilled in Jesus. That's what he's trying to get them. Okay, and in chapter five, which we're going to read in a minute, he said that those teaching and adhering to these old law practices, he says, have actually fallen from grace. All right. So so you read that and you're going, hold on a minute, Paul. Like, Paul, do you know what you're teaching? He's saying, yeah, here's the deal. This is how important this is. Like, we don't mess with the gospel, right? 
And so this is, this is the first four chapters. We're going to jump in right at Galatians chapter 5. So let's go ahead and turn over there. And this is going to be the text that we're going to be reading from today. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to start there in verse 1. And I am reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. I know everybody has like their thing sometimes, and it's okay, okay? I mean, that's the, that's the thing. But just so you know, in case you're reading, you're going, my words are like a little different than his. Um, okay, that's okay. Um, but I'm just kind of letting you know on the front end that uh, that's where this is coming from, the Christian Standard Bible. Hebrews 5 verse 1. Christ has liberated us to be free. Stand firm then. Don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Take note, I, Paul, tell you that if you get yourselves circumcised, Christ will not benefit you at all. Again, I testify to every man who gets himself circumcised that he is obligated to keep the entire law. You who are trying to be justified by the law are alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. You are running well. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from the one who called you. In fact, a little yeast leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in the Lord that you will not accept any other view. But whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. Now, brothers, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. I wish those who were disturbing you might go uh, might also get themselves castrated. Man, can you write that in the Bible? <laughs> Boy. For you are called to be free, brothers. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be consumed by one another. So, uh, there's a lot there. This principle right here. Like, we have got to, like, laser lock onto this thing. Right? This is a principle, a truth, where you look at that. Christ has liberated us to be free. Now, if, if you're like me, here's one of the things I discovered a couple years ago about myself is there are a lot of things I say and there are a lot of scriptures that I will even kind of share with people. I find myself sharing them with people. And then I, I look at them and I'm like, what does that even mean? You're going, oh my gosh, is this guy really preaching? <laughs> like who let him in? Okay. But I wonder if you've ever had that experience before. Or maybe you've never thought about that before. Maybe we just say things like, hey, man, just washed in the blood. Well, what does that really mean? And I don't mean like what you think it means. I mean, like, can you can you walk through biblically about that? You know, hey, uh, man. Saved by grace through faith. That's awesome. 
What does that mean? <laughs> right? Be joyful always. <laughs> I'm going, I pass these out like crazy. And I'm going, hold on, Keith, hold, let me stop a second. What does this mean and what does this look like in your life? Hey, when, when Philippians 3 and 4 talk about peace and this peace that transcends understanding, okay, that's great for me to give to brothers and sisters who are suffering with anxiety or depression or worry or whatever. But at some point, I had to look at that and go, hold on a minute, what does this look like in my life? Like, like could I actually have an honest conversation with somebody and say, let me show you like, what the peace that transcends understanding actually looks like experientially? And practically, okay, I, I came to that a couple of years ago, and this is one of those verses. All right, Christ is saying this, he's saying this is, Paul is writing this, this is to the church, to disciples. This principle of he has, Christ has, or in some verses it'll just say, Christ has given us freedom so we'd be free. And, and I want you to ask yourself this, what does that even mean? And, and one of the things that's helpful to me is my first three or four answers oftentimes is just like the Christian pop answer. You know, it's another answer that I don't know what that means either. All right. Here's my hope. My hope is this week, every one of us sitting here, every single one of us. If you say, man, I'm a disciple. I pray that somebody comes up to us and says, hey, what does this mean in your life? Like freedom's pretty cool. If every one of us had somebody come up to us and say, could you tell me, like, you're a Christian? What? Are you free? And what does that look like? I hope that happens, okay? Because this is that important. All right, this, this, as far as renewal goes, okay? Because here's the interesting thing, is a community that's enslaved looks very different than a community of freedom. This is where it gets real. See, we have kind of, every one of us probably has accepted a community idea that wasn't Jesus's idea, right? Like, I think sometimes we're okay with over here, that's from World War II. That's, that's a concentration camp. That's a work camp in Germany. And I think it's very easy for us to go, well, we're together and we all kind of have the same ideas. So, man, I guess... I guess that's what the church is, except communities look different. Free communities look different. Right? And so this is the idea of going, hold on a minute. Jesus actually had like this really specific idea of setting me and you free. It was because our communities would be different. It was because it would look so different than the rest of the world. And unfortunately, my fear is, is that we have been okay with Christianity being kind of just like the world. Like we're not necessarily expecting there to be a community of free people. All right? Very different. And so you have on the left here, yeah, this is a great lesson for those guys in the first century. It is great. This is, this is cool. I mean, there's, there's Jesus right there in the show, The Chosen. I think that's him. Is that Jesus or Peter? Okay, good. I, I don't watch it, okay? I'm just... <laughs> Not that I don't know who Jesus is. Just the actor, okay? Uh, but you're going, that's a, this is a key, this is cool for the first century church. And, and it was great that we read these first 15 verses, and freedom's awesome, and we know about freedom, 
and man, we know what to say when it comes to being free. But the truth of the matter is, is this is a message for us today. All right. It wouldn't sound Jewish, though. Right. To, to them, it sounded Jewish. It sounded like, hold on, guys, here's the deal. Right. You're not free because you're bringing in kind of these teachings that Jesus never asked to be brought in. All right. And so that's going to make you not free anymore. That's going to change the dynamic of the community. And by changing the dynamic of the community, the world doesn't see any difference. OK, so that's how important this is. Right. So, again, what I'd like for us to do is put ourselves and, and you're going, well, Keith, hold on a minute. You're saying this. Are you, do you mean the Clemson Foothills Church is following a false gospel? Do you think that I'm following a false gospel? Do you, is this, are you correcting me? Are you training? What are you doing, Keith? Why are you saying this? And, and here's what I'm telling you. That's for you to figure out. Okay, because it's very easy when you're getting challenged to go, what, who's he talking about? <laughs> and, and listen, when the Galatian church has got the letter, you know, I'm fairly certain they were going, man, is he talking about old Cephas over there? Is he talking about old uh, Joseph? He's talking about Titus over there? Who's he talking about? Because you don't know what, when we get scared and challenged, we want to know, is he talking about me? Maybe. I don't know. Okay? This is the word of God. This wasn't, Galatians wasn't written for my sermon. Right? And so it's this idea of going, hold on a minute. Let me put myself up to this. Let me put my life, can conform it to this gospel and see what happens. And that right there is the grace of God. That, that is the grace of God, okay? And sometimes we miss that. We forget. We're like, man, I just wish there was more grace. Boy, could you think of more grace than God going, here you go in front of you uh, uh, in, a, in a beautiful, you know, this temperature controlled room. And we're getting to hear from God's word in areas that we may have, may have to go. That, this is pretty gentle. Man, I'm really glad I'm hearing this now. I'm really glad that we're in this like safe place. I'm really, this is incredible because I don't want to learn these things like after Jesus comes back. That's not when I want to learn these. All right. And so you look at this, you're going, okay, hey, Christ, that's his, that is what he's saying for his church today, right now. Right. Clemson Foothills Church, Christ has liberated us to be free. Now, here's the thing, man. The, <laughs> there are secrets in churches and they are so horribly kept. And it's not just our church. It's every church has a secret. OK, is you hear me talking and there's some of you in here and I applaud you. OK. <laughs> is you're going, really? I've been in church my whole life. Oh. And, and what we learn to do, it's like, no, amen, amen, we're free. And, and listen, I've been there. And I'm going, free? I'm not free, but the guy next to me, he's saying we're free. And, and, and I don't feel free, and I feel guilty all the time, and I feel ashamed, and I feel, you know, I don't, and, and by the way, free for what? Okay, <laughs> hold up a minute. What on earth? But it's like, well, everybody else seems to get it. I don't want to be the guy. You know, nobody wants to be the person that's like, well, okay, maybe we'll just go along with this. But are we free? Right? Or 
man, are we just overwhelmed like, by life just like everybody else? Okay, I, I love this. Uh, Fan Zhao. We're studying the Bible with Fan Zhao from China. Learning about Jesus. We're talking about the gospel and the kingdom. And she said, y'all must never worry. I said, what? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, oh boy, here it comes. This is Rebuke City right here. She goes, y'all must, Christians must never worry. I'm like, well, what makes you say that? <laughs> she said, if I believed this, I would never worry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> she got it. I'm going, oh, she sees I'm blind. Like she, this lady that doesn't even, she's not sure she believes in Jesus. And I'm going, oh boy, but you want to know what? Let me raise my hand. Yeah, repentance time. Because it's like that opening. But here's the deal is, we should hear that. Okay, because, hey, if you're coming in here and, and you're going, man, how come everyone in here is the same overwhelmed as everyone else? Okay. Like, that's a question. Am I really free? You know, my, my future, oh my goodness. I am stressed. It is, you know, I mean, this is, these are the conversations, honestly, that are had almost like regularly every week. What about my future? What about my job? What about my money? What about my retirement? What about my marriage? What about this? What about, well, what if God doesn't bring me a spouse? And what if you, and go, okay, those are all questions like you ask if you have no hope. And if you have no freedom, those are the questions you ask because, because you're enslaved. You're going, man, I have, I'm just here stuck in the prison cell. What if these things don't happen? I'm, I'm engaged, you know, this is the hallmark of the church today. Engaged in the same coping behaviors as the world. Hey, you get stressed out, drink. Right? Man, stressed out, porn. Right? Stressed out, I mean, here's the deal is like when I was in high school, like the drug of choice was weed, okay? I mean, you just smoke weed. And, and you know what's funny? When you smoke weed, like everyone knows you did, okay? Like your eyeballs, like the veins in your eyeballs are popping out. I mean, you look miserable, you know. Now what's, here's what's crazy is, you know, the drugs that we take now oftentimes are prescription drugs, right? They're drugs that's like, man, I can get these. And again, you're going, oh, he's against doctors and prescription. No, no, no. I'm talking about illegally using <laughs> I'm talking about using something that isn't prescribed for you, all right? Now, now, here's the crazy thing about this, is I can't imagine five years ago ever preaching that, except it's rampant now. Hey, I'm, I'm stressed out. Let me take Xanax. Hey, this painkiller. You know, it's interesting. My older brother died of a over, an opioid overdose, okay? And here's the thing about it is, is, is the amount of medication, the amount of pills he had to take to make it through a day. And you want to know it's an interesting statistic? Most people's first encounter with an opioid or, an op or even the beginning of an opioid-like um, addiction, it happens when our wisdom teeth are taken out. That's usually the first encounter with a painkiller. All right. And so here's what ends up happening. High schoolers and college students realize, man, I can get kind of a buzz off of this. And, you know, me and you and any of us, we could walk on a high school campus right now and buy Percocet. We could go ahead and buy Tordot. We could go and buy those things on campus. It's pretty rampant. 
But here's the truth, is free people shouldn't be coping the same way as the world. All right. Now, am I saying like, man, you should just be ashamed of yourself if you're doing this? No, I'm saying that you got to be real. You're not free. All right. And this the church is the place you should be. Absolutely. Okay. so it's not this isn't like just be ashamed of yourself. It's the idea of you've come to the right place for help. Okay. because when we're free, we don't cope the same way as the world. All right. We don't use we don't have outlets of food, sexuality, alcohol, all of these things. That's not our outlet because we're going, man, I'm free. I don't need anything else. Life is hard, truly. Life does have its ups and downs. Life sometimes feels unbearable. There are times where it's so sad and so overwhelmed. It's not that being a Christian makes everything okay, but it's the idea of going, it's hard, true. But man, as a free person, listen, I have hope, relationships, right? I'm I'm following a king who loves me deeply and is going to take care of me and is training my heart, okay? We don't cope the same. Hopeless and hard times, okay? People, here's the deal. People should not walk into churches and see this as the predominant culture, okay? It doesn't mean that you're not going to have this, but the predominant culture should be, we aren't hopeless though. Like it is hard, but we're not hopeless, Chasing the same security as the world. Money, marriage, retirement, that's where security is. If I can make enough money and put enough away for retirement and get married, all will be okay. All right? So, so if you're thinking, like, man, Christianity's great. Being a disciple is great. But what would be better is finding a spouse. What would be better is having a fully funded retirement account. What would be better is this, of going, no, 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 that's, that's garbage. All right. The security of following Jesus is plenty. All right. The, here's the tough thing, is that um, I have to make decisions, uh, not necessarily to make more money, right, but how can I be used by, because that's what I'm free to do. Okay. Are we free? You know, you desire community, but resist any type of commitment. Okay, that, <laughs> again, of going, man, th- this is what I, I, over and over and over again, this is what I hear. The church needs to be more like community, more like family, more like these things. Perfect, that's exactly right. And it requires commitment for that. It requires me saying no to some things to say yes to something better. Right, it requires that of me, except there isn't anything like more painful, right? Because we're scared we're going to miss out. We're, we're, uh, what if something better came along? <laughs> right? What, what, if there was a, what if there was something better that came along? And, and so I put all this up here because, again, the, 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 the folks that are in here are going, man, I, yeah, I, man, I'm not free. I haven't seen free church. I haven't seen this before. It's, we have to be honest with this. Are we, are we truly free, okay? Um, the emperor's new clothes. This is what happens, right? 
is that can be, the, unfortunately, that can be the church. Hey, look at that. That's awesome. He's great. If you're not familiar with the story, right? The emperor's naked, man. And everybody's like, look at him. Those clothes are great. It's awesome. In church, we can do like this. Hallelujah. Jesus is awesome. Praise God. And we're singing songs. Jesus is Lord. And there's a fountain free and all of these other songs and all of this. And at the same time, you guys aren't dumb. There's a part of in the back of your mind oftentimes that can go. But I don't even know if I mean any of this stuff. Right? Like of just being really, really honest. And unfortunately, I do feel like this is, this is what can happen in churches. They're just groups of people and we come together and say Christian things. And nobody is like, hold on a minute, shouldn't we really be free? And shouldn't this really be demonstrated to the world as true freedom in Jesus? Like we should be thinking the way Fan Zhao thinks, right? <laughs> Which is, why am I stressed about my future? If this is real. Okay, why, why am I worried? But Keith, what happens? What, what if I get older and I'm out on the street? I guarantee you there's a homeless ministry God is going to use me for. <laughs> okay? Rather than, but if I could just put all of this, you know, and, 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 and kind of make it all comfortable for me at the end. And I'm not stressed out. I'm not worried about that. Right? <laughs> Free for what? Some of this stuff, we're going to talk about this over two Sundays. It's a lot here. I'm giving you some things. Please, please, please go back and go, man, I got to study these things out. This guy might be that dude from Galatians 1. He's like just tricking us. Okay? You, you got to put me to the test. All right? But here's the thing is, is there's some questions we have to ask when we look. And, and again, we've literally stayed in the first verse. <laughs> Okay, like, like we're just like digging around here. Christ has liberated us for freedom. Well, free from what? From, really? If you read the New Testament, would you walk away and say, oh, what the freedom is, is you're free from feeling guilty. Here's the deal, okay? Feeling guilty is a product of sin. <laughs> you can't stop that. You shouldn't want to stop that, all right? Be, being ashamed when you've done something, is a, that's a fruit of sin, all right? Now, we live in a world that says don't let anybody make you feel guilty. Don't let anyone make you feel ashamed, all right? Here's what I've learned. I do this to me. Like, I make the decisions to sin, all right? You want to know what's funny is, is nobody has ever made me feel guilty, but when I live in a way that I know is not what Jesus is calling, listen, I should feel guilty. <laughs> okay? What oftentimes we look for as disciples would look horrific in a marriage. <laughs> because we're going, man, okay, I, I want to be free. I want to follow Jesus so I don't ever feel guilty again. What, what if you said, I'm going to get married because I want to, Never feel guilty again about going out with other women. And marriage will help me with that. You know, it doesn't take a marriage counselor to say, dude, you're crazy. Okay. And I bring this up here because let's look at these things because this is pretty common. The freedom he's talking about here isn't a freedom from feeling guilty. Okay. 
Is he saying, well, you're free from obedience, though? Because remember, that was the Old Testament, right? Just obey, just obey, just obey, just obey. Except you're not free from that. The interesting thing is, there was never a part of Jesus' ministry where he said, hey, don't worry about obeying. Like, let me free you from obedience. You won't read it in there. But I think sometimes we can go, and what am I getting at here? You can start to see the building blocks of false gospel. Do you see? You start seeing the building blocks, and you're going, oh, theirs was circumcision, but mine is, man, I'm coming to Jesus, and I want something from him, and I don't understand why it's not working, and I still feel enslaved, and I still feel unjoyful, and I'm bored as can be with Christianity, but I'm free. Doesn't work that way. Here's the big one. This is what, you know, Christ has set us free. Talking to the church. Christ has set us free. So we all could do whatever we want to do. Right? Common thing today. Listen, we're free in Christ to make any decision, and then God will be there with us. Okay? That, that actually isn't either true. <laughs> free to live like you're free to live how you want. Man, I can make decisions to do whatever. Well, you, yes, you can. But there are still consequences for those decisions, right? And so it's this idea of, did I enter into a gospel that was like, yeah, hey, man, come on in here and be converted into Jesus. And then the promise is, now you can go live how you want to. That's the same pattern as the Jewish teachers were doing in the first century. Okay, just a little twist hey, come on in here, change this one thing, and you're going to be good, except you're not, you're going to be dead. You know, these words, oh my goodness. Could you imagine Paul saying this? I'm, a, I'm amazed you followed another gospel, which is no gospel at all. We're going to hit a couple of these, and then we're going, to, we're, we're going to settle down a little bit. I know you're going, man, this is a lot of stuff. It's a lot of hard stuff. It's a lot of really deep stuff. Uh, but there are these, okay? And again, this is, I'm putting them up here not so you go, oh, man, Keith knows. He's like a Ph.D. of all false gospels. No, 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 no. It's the idea of going, hold on a minute. Let me look at this, and let me take the gospel that I think is the gospel and put it up to the Word of God, right? Is that the same? All right. So here's a few. Pretty popular. I'm pretty sure that these three right here, like I could load the shotgun up and hit pretty much everybody in here. Okay. I mean, just three. Boom. One of these is probably going to hit you. You know, here's the interesting thing. What do they all have in common? They all omit, number one, they all omit discipleship. Like, you can become a Christian, but if you follow Jesus afterwards, that's just extra credit. Because the message that we're told is, we're all going to sin. Again, I want you to take this to a relationship that we may be more familiar with. All right, let's take that into our marriage. All right, you're going to cheat on your spouse anyway. Because we're all sinners. How many of you would feel great about going into a marriage relationship with that? All right, you would say, no, 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 yeah, okay, I'm marrying a sinner, but that ain't okay. In fact, that should never happen. We stop, we stop that kind of line of thinking when it comes to being disciples. Yeah, we're sinners, 
Yeah, absolutely. But, but here's the truth of the matter is, is, is Jesus was the perfect disciple maker. Jesus didn't just come down to earth for three or four years and go, let me just teach you how to be converted. He made a disciple. And the, the disciple was meant to follow him forever and make other disciples, right? Forgiveness only gospel is, is just that. Just be forgiven, right? C- come forward. Come forward and pray, and, and you'll be forgiven. Well, what do I do now? Well, you're, just go. You're saved. That's, what, that's all you needed. Prosperity gospel. This can be frustrating for us. Why aren't I getting what I want? I'm a Christian. Why did everything get hard all of a sudden? Why? No, because the gospel I want is, okay, God, I'm going I'm to do what you say. Now you give me what I want. Okay, that, that's, a, that's a false gospel. Consumer gospel is, again, very similar. Is, is I'm looking somewhere. Okay, think through this statement. I'm looking for a place that will meet my needs. Okay. Now, that, that sentiment is not entirely horrible. Okay, we do have to find a community that is like, yeah, there's teaching freedom and gospel and all of these things. But primarily us here, our goal isn't just to consume it's actually that the world, our city, our dorms, our apartment complexes actually are changed because of our community. Free people going into an enslaved world. And then here's the big one. Um, this actually is uh, through kind of all kinds of research. Uh, this is the most popular doctrine in America. Okay. A huge study done. And these things were the top things that you have to believe. You got to believe in God. You're like, okay, cool. Okay. You got to try to be good. You got to try to go to church. Make sure you're happy and at peace with yourself. Go to God when you're in need. And then go to heaven after you die. Okay. Now, now here's the thing. You're like, well, what does that mean? There's these studies done that show like 70 to 80% of people who are walking into churches say this is the gospel. <laughs> All right, what, what we're going to get into is, well, well, what is real freedom? What is the gospel he's calling us to? Because gospel is good news, right? Tyler read that the Christ's love compels us. Is this idea of, man, I'm not even running on Keith energy anymore. I'm running on a Holy Spirit, God, power and freedom okay this is it so what i'm asking is this okay what we shared today listen it spans whatever church that you grew up in you might be going but keith i've been a member of clemson foothills church for five years six years seven years i must be okay (laughs) hey listen here's what i've learned about church okay there's what people say up here and there's what you believe there (laughs) okay and so it's that idea of, I don't know what's going through your head. I don't know. I don't know if, yeah, you've been a member here at Clemson Foothills Church, and maybe, maybe you know, I know what, you were, you were baptized into Christ because you thought, now I'm forgiven, it's all good. All right, here's what I'm saying. If you're a member of the Clemson Foothills Church, and that is your reality, that's a false gospel. Be, let me be very clear about that, because sometimes it's really easy, you're going, but this is my home place. 
He's, he's talking about other people. No, 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 no. I'm saying we all could sit in a church regardless of his teachings and adhere to a false gospel. Okay? And so that's where me and you, we've got to go and go, hold on a minute, man. I've never, you mean discipleship is real? You mean that, wow, it's not forgiveness only? You mean it's just not about trying to come to church? That it really is living? Here's the crazy thing, and we're going to get into this next week, that Paul states a couple times. But he says, I've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but he lives in me. All right, that's it right there. All right, is this idea of that's what a free man says. All right, that's what freedom sounds like. Is hold on a minute, Keith doesn't live anymore. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but he lives in me. That means he goes where he wants to go and does what he wants to do. My relationships are, are indicative of who he is. A lot of stuff here. This is what we're going to get into next. We're going to stop there. That's a lot. The kingdom gospel, all right? You take Mark 2, Matthew 4, right here, Matthew 24. This is what oftentimes is described as the gospel, is the gospel of the kingdom, right? And, and that's where we're going to dig into next week.